Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Well, we're back on Speed Street, as my co-host Joey Molinaro would normally say. Um, but this is Connor Daly here. Uh, Joey is a father now, so uh, we want to congratulate him. He, uh, him, and his wife um, have have had their baby, baby boy, uh, and yeah, Joey's doing. That's obviously more important than podcasting. So uh, Joey is is doing his thing, doing his fatherly duties, which I'm sure his wife appreciates because uh, I think your first mistake, I don't, I don't, I don't have any children. I don't, I don't know about what that is like, but I assume you have a baby and the next day you shouldn't be um, talking about motorsport on a podcast. I assume that there's more to be focused on, but again, not an experienced father uh, or father at all. Uh, So I'm here with, uh, with producer Ben, um, we are uh, going to dive into a bit of a, uh, you know, a Portland, a uh, little bit of a Portland preview. We'll talk about uh, the Dale Jr. download that I was on uh, last week or this, sorry, this week. Um, and maybe get into a little bit of Daytona and obviously a, uh, you know, an Indy 500 driver of the week. Um, but Ben, uh, how are you doing, pal? It's great to see you in, in person uh, at the Dale Jr. download, uh, the Bojangles studio. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was great. That was a lot of fun to get to catch up. And I guess this is the second time we got to meet in person. Um, so, yeah, it was great having you. I thought the episode was awesome. Uh, I just got done listening to it this morning after class. So I think you did a great job. What did you think of the whole experience? If you just want to dive right into talking with Dale and Mike. 
Yeah, no, I think it was a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I really respect, honestly, when, when I listened to that show and obviously Dale, you know, I've met Dale in person before, you know, several times, but realistically, you know, we haven't communicated a ton, you know, in person. Um, and when you look at the people who've been on that show, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's a lot of big names in, in the sport, uh, big names from the history of the sport. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I, I felt a very special, you know, feeling going in there and the studio is awesome. Obviously. I mean, the studio, it look, there are people filming you the whole time. There's stuff going on there. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So I enjoyed it. And, and, um, you know, I definitely, definitely go have a listen to it. We've, we've got a lot of incredible, uh, you know, help from, from Dale and Mike, uh, you know, promoting this podcast and they've done a lot for us. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny to see some, read some of the Twitter comments about it and, uh, the Instagram comments sometimes, um, because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of the fan base that that podcast I'm sure has might not be as familiar with the IndyCar world. Right. And that's kind of what we're here for. Uh, to maybe help out. And there are some people that are like, yeah, we don't care about IndyCar. It's like, well, you know what? The point of this podcast is actually to help you know that we can care about all motorsport <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it was great. Great conversation. That was probably the deepest interview or the, the deepest that I've ever really gone about my entire career. And it's funny because leaving there, there were still some things that I feel like I, I missed talking about. And I was like, oh man, like that would have been a funny story to tell or, oh, we could have got into that. But, but for the most part, I mean, that was a long interview and Dale got, I mean, they got, they got into the, the thick of it for sure. I mean, what, what did you think? Did you even know anything about me, Ben? Did you learn anything about me, about <laughs> me there? Um, I mean, I, I think just fill in a lot of the gaps and just giving a straight timeline was super interesting. Um, I think just even for me, I followed you kind of sparingly ever since you came over and kind of did the IndyCar stuff and kind of you jumping around and, you know, fighting tooth and nail for your opportunities and everything. So I think that was super cool. Just to have like, give me like one baseline to tell, tell me everything. And, uh, you know, there's plenty more to write so about, uh, about what you got going on. So. It's funny, man. I, I, I went back like in my kind of conversations with, with Dale, like in our text messaging and, and oddly enough, like, uh, in 2020 during the whole pandemic, I was trying to get him into the LCQ league, which we kind of talked about in the, in the download a little bit there. But at one point he had sent me like four, like really extremely long text messages describing a video game that he was playing <laughs> during the pandemic. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like it was like a, a war game that I had not heard of before, but like Dale was big into it and he wanted me to get on there. And I was like, I probably should have got, on. I didn't, I didn't actually ever download the game, but I was like, man, Dale was big into this, uh, the video game scene during the pandemic as most of us were. It, I mean, that's one thing that surprised me. He'll talk about a lot, especially with that race and what he's done there, but like, he's a huge gamer. Like even back oh, yeah. in the day when you still racing, he was always talking about how you'd go up in the hauler and play Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. So yeah, Which that doesn't surprise me. Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta you gotta pass the time and you know, gotta have some fun. But exactly, uh, yeah, that's that's one thing I uh, didn't really expect to come out of him. But yeah, yeah. Cause, <laughs> I mean, we're all you know we're all gamers. I, I was a big gamer. I mean, still am. Um, for those who have followed my Twitch stream as well over the last couple of years, it's it's been dormant lately, which I do apologize for. But technology has punched me directly in the face and I can't really figure out my computers upstairs currently. So the Twitch stream is on pause until I get a more experienced uh, technological user of the computers to help me out. So 
it was fun. Definitely go listen to it. Dale Jr. Download. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably already know the Dale Jr. Download, but it was cool to see some responses. It's obviously a really long interview, so the responses are kind of slowly trickling in, but um, but very, very cool and just uh, appreciative of of the folks that that want to check it out. And and it's, you know, life is, has been a wild ride for sure. And, you know, obviously, you know, Joey has been such a great part of this uh, program as well. And we, we uh, even Joey, you know, Joey's had quite a ride himself on, on, on how, you know, how he's got to where he is. Everyone's got a unique ride, you know what I mean? And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, what you do in certain situations and how you, how you pursue through the tougher times. Um, but yeah, definitely go over there to, uh, to, to check it out. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Um, but as we, as we kind of get back into our own, uh, podcasts, we have Portland coming up this weekend on the IndyCar schedule. Uh, the final two races are, um, are going on the, in these next two weeks, uh, back to back on the West, the West side of the United States. Um, Portland, there were a couple of people who tested there, uh, last week. I heard the track was quite fast. Um, Portland for me is a racetrack that I did. I never raced on growing up. And it, the first time I had actually raced there, uh, I was, I was substitute driving for Marcus Erickson, oddly enough, uh, for the McLaren team, uh, which was Aero SPM McLaren something back then, uh, 2019, uh, qualified like in the top 10, I think really well. First time out there was, was awesome to be in that position. And then, a very unique part about Portland for those who don't know. And there was a NASCAR Xfinity race there this year that was quite chaotic um, because Portland has a very fast straight front straight and then into a very, very heavy braking zone uh, and a chicane. And usually very, very difficult to get all of our cars through a first lap chicane. Um, so it's, it's always very exciting. I was, I was wiped out in a massive accident. Uh, the first race I ever did at Portland um, and then last year, whenever I raced at Portland, uh, there was another big first corner schmozzle, big kind of wild craziness going on. Um, and you know, again, it, it's, it's a track that create, there's, there's a lot of chaos to be created there. Um, but you know, hopefully we can take advantage of that. I think it's, it's a, it's the same tire as the Indy GP, which is good for us. Cause obviously we were fast, the Indy GP, um, and you know, we hope that it's for, certainly for our case, we hope that it's a high grip scenario um, because in the high grip scenarios, we do a little bit better. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's always good to get back out, out to the West Coast. Uh, very, very excited. And also it's an NBC race. So definitely tune in to the Big Bird uh, this weekend, a little NBC action. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, exci I'm excited for it only because it's just nice to get back racing and we love weekends off. I had a wonderful weekend off, but uh, getting back racing is, is awesome. And the end of the season is sad. It is, but the championship battle for IndyCar in general is, is super exciting. And, uh, and I, I can't wait for it. Ben, who do you think your pick is for the championship? Who are you going to go with? Man? I mean, still top four separate by 17 points. I mean, uh, it yep. doesn't really get much better than that going into it. Um, I mean, you guys kind of talked about it last week with Joseph Newgarden. I don't really know if you can. I want to go with him. I mean, three points. That's that's nothing. But <laughs> uh, man, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat him. I I'd like willpower and um, like obviously he's gonna he's gonna qualify well. But I think if you get, need a guy to close it, out, I got to go Joseph. Like it's that's 
Got to be me. But I mean, Scott Dixon, you know how sneaky he can be. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting because at Portland, it, it, it's so dangerous. That first chicane is just so, you could qualify great. But imagine, you know, one guy from the third row, even like a, who you wouldn't expect to be wrecking, but you try to, there's so, it's so wide entering that chicane that all of a sudden, you know, you had Dixon and Polo at the back of the field after the first chicane. Because if you cut the chicane, which I think they might change the rules for that this year, but if you cut the chicane, you don't actually go around the physical racetrack in the track limits of the, the real racetrack. You have to go to the back of the, the field, which is, I mean, to be honest, I, 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 I did not like it because I had to go at, off the track last year. Like literally, if I would have stayed on the track, well, we're in the wreck and we, we we're not there. So you have to kind of go where you where you can go. And, you know, it, it, it caused us to go from having a decent start to being in the back. And like, and no one wants to be there because again, it's it's hard to pass at Portland. It, it's it's not not super easy. Um, but yeah, those championship competitors, they're just going to be thinking about one thing: qualify up front and avoid the turn one mishaps. And that, and that's and after that, it's kind of more, you know, then it's more set in stone on what you got to do. But it's a very interesting track to have with, with two races left. And almost it's similar with Laguna Seca as well. Cause Laguna Seca, you know, that first, that first corner in Laguna Seca, very, very tight hairpin. There could be a little chaos there as well, but for some reason, Portland is wildly inviting to, uh, to see mass chaos. So I, I'm excited to see what happens. I think, you know, the, the, the championship, is is nowhere near over. I I think Scott McLaughlin, although his chance is slightly more uh, far away, if if he has two great, he's been very very consistent. I think if he gets a win at Portland, it, it'll be really interesting. I, I'm thinking Scott might win Portland and have a wildly closer mathematic chance at winning the championship at Laguna. Um, and, 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 but, but again, it's going to be hard to beat Joseph. I, I, I see, I, I see multiple scenarios. I see, okay. Yeah. How, how can you beat Joseph right now? Uh, Scott's on a heater as well, but also Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. So that's what makes IndyCar so exciting right now. And I, I, I'm just excited to see what happens. It's, it's, it's two great races. And, and when you look at the championship as well, not to just kind of keep rambling on, but if you look at our championship, right, and then I, I saw the point spread for the Formula One championship right now, and I, I looked at it and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like, a, oh, there's how many points separating first and second in the drivers' championship? It's 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 unbelievable. Like I know they still have plenty of races left, but you might as well hand Max Verstappen the trophy already. Like it's just it's crazy. They're 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 just past the halfway point in their season. And you might as well the the championship might as well be over, and and that I find is astounding. I mean, the amount of memes I've seen that everybody's like, "Well, they're going to start Max a lap down, and then that'll at least give the field some competition." But I mean, you give the guy an engine penalty, start at the back, and I mean, he's just going to win it anyways. So, yeah, Red it's Bull, just, man, I don't know. It's such a it's it's and again, Formula One is great. Like I love Formula One. We're you know we're potentially we could have a guest next week who is who has been in Formula One, who who has had some experience, who is still very involved in that world. Uh, we won't tell you who it is yet in case he bails on us. But very, very excited for the pot potential of that. Um, 
And yeah, it's just, it's just a different world. And again, there's been a lot of comparison this week as well. I just responded to a tweet today about the super license point system because there's a lot of talk about Colton Herta and potentially Red Bull, which is a very interesting topic. I, I thought that that was not what I was expecting. That, that is where, what you call left field because if there's one group who has not been a fan of American drivers over the last 20 years or whatever it is since Scott Speed being a Red Bull Formula One driver, it's Red Bull. <laughs> like they've right. been so anti-American. Um, and and suddenly, recently, you know, you've got, I think there's a young kid as well named Jack Crawford, who's a Red Bull driver, kind of coming through the the F3 scene. Um, you've got uh this talk about Colton Herta, which honestly, that would be Awesome. Like Colton Herta showing up to Alpha Tauri. I think that's a great place to start. You see, you see Gasly doing well there and Gasly, a great friend of mine. Um, I think that would be a great starting point as long as he gets a fair shot. Like that's all right. we want. Right. Um, but very, very interesting uh, situation there. But, but the super license points thing, someone had, had brought it up and to read a comparison of of what this absolute bologna sandwich is is absurd. I I, I actually it actually made me it made me mad because you read obviously for for those who don't know about the super license point system, it's been developed so basically a driver can't necessarily just go to Formula One, right? Like let's say you had the the richest kid in the world and he you know he did some racing. He, 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 he finished races, but he, you know, the guy, the guy doesn't deserve to be in Formula One, but as we see in motorsport, money can get you anywhere. Um, and, and so I, I they, they did, it, it was a good system to do because we, again, we don't want to necessarily, we want to see the best, the best in Formula One. Um, but yeah, each series is ranked at a different tier, right? So if you finish a certain in the top three of F2, you get a certain amount of points towards your super license. If you finish in the top three of F3, you get a certain amount of points towards your super license and so on and so forth. And there's right now, Chris Medland, F1, uh, tweeted this. Chris is a great guy. Um, and because the, the, there's a Motorsport Magazine article that said, Colton Herta is once again being t- touted or tooted. Uh, touted. It's got to be touted. Like, I don't touted, know what that word yeah. means. Yeah. Definitely not tooted because that's farting <laughs> uh, for F1. But despite being a multiple multiple IndyCar race winner, he doesn't have super license points to make the Grand Prix switch. And and so the article is basically about the FIA, the FIA needing to address the situation to help top U.S. talent. And... The, the tweet was this, this isn't about American drivers, but more how IndyCar itself is ranked. Five drivers in title contention with two races to go and one that finishes fourth in the championship will get the same number of super license points as the driver finishing fourth in Fraca, which is, I don't even know what that is. Formula Renault Eastern European Championship. I have no idea what it is, but it's, it's it's a lo- it's lower than F three. I see. And, I thought the comparison was to F three. No, no, no. This is this is to a series below F three. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it just just reading that, it's the stupidest thing I've ever read. Like, it, it, like how can you sit in an office and say, 
Well, you know what? If we're going to try to rank drivers and we're going to try to give them points to maybe get in Formula One, we're going to have basically every series that's not in America, good. Everyone else, bad. It's like, what What do you, how, I, it's just, it just, it hurts my brain because if, if you don't see that, you're so, you're, you're so lost. Like, it's IndyCar. This is not, we're not Formula three we're not we're not some support series like we have drivers who have super licenses like we like we have some of the best drivers i believe in the world right now and i and i just it's astounding and there wasn't a lot of negative response to that because honestly i think i i think even the most diehard f1 fans have to look at that and be like "Eh, yeah that's probably a little bit nuts so i i hope there is a a fix to that because it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just not fair. And, and again, we don't, we don't like to throw out the fair and not fair type, you know, scenarios, but it, but it's just factually not fair. And, and I think it's absurd. Yeah. You can't compare F1 or the super license and take any car kind of out of the equation with guys that, like you said, had super license ran in form of the one ran in other top forms of motorsports and come to IndyCar and is still really competitive. That's I, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that it, it, it's, it, it's just, it's so as someone who has lived over there again, we talk about this several times, but it's just, it's so typical and, and it's, and it's sad, but again, I love formula one. Like I, I, I will still fight for formula one. I love the, the attention that it's got because it is truly a, a fantastic world championship. It is, you know, the best of the best. I saw some interesting questions posed to the young drivers in F2 recently as well. Uh, Logan Sargent being one of them, the American. And they, they love to try to ask questions to like tier the series. You know what I mean? Like they said, oh, like, would you like, I, I don't know what the question was, but it was basically trying to compare Formula One to IndyCar yet again, which again, why? What What's the point in asking these young guys like, hey, would you rather go to Formula One over IndyCar? Of course you're going to say yeah for, for at, at first, but I think to try to get them to throw out a quote about like how, oh yeah, well, you know, Formula One's better than IndyCar. It's like, why? Like, it's like, yeah, of course we would all want to go to Formula One, but also guess what? IndyCar right now is one of the most competitive championships in the world. And thankfully, Logan, I, I read the first quote that I saw Logan say, again, I don't know him, but I was like, oh, he better not, he better not be starting to go down that European route of throwing shade at IndyCar. And uh, and he did say it was quite a competitive championship, so that's good. But I was I was getting ready to dump him off the train of support, but uh, we still support <laughs> this young American guy for sure. I so with you know the American versus European racing styles and Colton kind of being with McLaren and, and going to do the F1 test, is that something that like Colton himself, like, is he really pushing to try to get that? Is it something that he's like the opportunity to go try the F1 Europe stuff? Is that coming to him? Like what's kind of your thoughts on that? Um, I, I would say Colton has a good group of people around him. Uh, and obviously his dad, like Brian Herda, I would say is one of the smartest people that I've, I've, I've interacted with. Uh, Brian is very, very intelligent. Um, and so he's, he's definitely got good, good management folks around him. He's got great sponsorship support, obviously with Gamebridge and everyone there, they're such a great group of people. Um, and, and they, you know, they want to support their guy, right? Colton and, and Colton is, you know, right now, everyone kind of knows that Colton's Colton's hot right now. You know what I mean? He's, he's the, he's, he's a hot talent. 
And, um, and you got to get, you know, you got to put those guys in the right position. It's kind of like, I, I, I would almost compare it. it, it it's kind of got an interesting vibe, like uh, like a really good football player, right? Like, let's say you've got, you know, uh, someone, a, a wide receiver in the NFL who is, you know, shining like crazy, right? And that team obviously wants to keep him, but obviously any other team is going to try to, you know, get him in, but he's got to be paid correctly. Right. So, you know, Colton also has, is in a situation where, uh, you know, he's got to go to the best possible opportunity for his future. Right. But if it's formula one, you know, again, you don't want to go to Haas right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's tough to see there being any positive, you know, for, for certainly if Colton goes there, all he does is get criticized. You know what I mean? All he does is get trashed because that team's doing, you know, it's, it's, they've had a tough year. Um, but if you go to Alpha Tauri, that that's a situation where it's like, all right, like that's, that would be great. But again, there are so many drivers out there as well that, that are also going for the same seat that it's going to be just really interesting to see. But I think Colton's got that. There's something about the aura around him right now where it's like, there's so much chatter about him and like where he goes that I think it's like, Oh, do we need him too? You know what I mean? And, and that's, it's kind of cool. Like it's good for, it's good for him. And, I think no matter what, if, if Colton has to stay in IndyCar next year, which I, it's looking less likely, but if he has to stay in IndyCar next year, I mean, boom, you're talking championship competitor right out the gate, I think. Um, and, and again, he's, he's going to be in a good place no matter what. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to send one guy from IndyCar to F1 and he's an American, I think he's got to be the guy that you, you point out. And it'd be interesting to see how that transition goes. Cause I, from my recollection, I remember, somebody that's goes in IndyCar and kind of up through the ranks and then transfers over to F1. So I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. It, it hasn't happened. It, it's been one of those things that IndyCar has not been a launch platform for, for anyone to get to F1. So not in the last few years, you know what I mean? Which is fantastic for our racing series and fantastic for, I think, motorsport in general. Um, and the interesting thing is that we, and we talked about this on the, on the Dale Jr. Download as well, um, you know, about Colton, obviously, but, I, I would say I would love to see if we're talking just pure American talent getting a shot in Formula One. I mean, there's there's no one I think with a better mental fortitude and a better dedication to what he does than Joseph Newgarden. And I think Joseph Newgarden, although he's you know he's older than I am, he's he's in his 30s, right? Joseph would be one of those guys that that could also step into that Formula One role. And, and I truly believe do a good job. Um, and, and he's, he's at, he's very, very professional and he's very, very dedicated to his craft at, at the highest level. Um, so I, I don't want to ever, ever take away anything from potentially, you know, Joe, cause Joseph lived that dream too. Joseph did more racing in Europe than Colton has. Well, Colton used to race in Europe as well, but like Joseph did, you know, a solid year, two years in Europe, um, you know, trying to be a racing driver over there. Uh, as well. And so everyone had the formula one dream at one point. Um, but I truly believe he has developed into one of the, one of the most talented drivers for sure on the IndyCar circuit, but someone who would make us proud as a country in formula uno. I agree. So I don't know. We'll see uh, how it plays in the next few months. I mean, we still got two more IndyCar races. Um, I guess transitioning over to back to Morris American racing and talking about Daytona this past weekend. Oh Yeah. The race I mean, that we never got, wanted to happen. <laughs> right. We got an Xfinity race that went until like one o'clock in the morning. Jeremy Clements wins that. And then he gets his win encumbered, taken away, whatever. Um, we got the cup race that was rain delayed. And then 
Man, um, I don't even know where to start with that. But yeah, uh, let's maybe just to jump ahead with that. The whole because I mean, I guess IndyCar experiences this racing in the rain on the road courses. Um, just the whole, you know, the big wreck that happened uh, towards the end of the race. There's about 20 laps left. Um, there was pretty much rain in the area. I mean, the broadcast was showing it the entire time. You could see the dark clouds literally just funneling around the track. And it's Florida in the middle of the summer, so it's not really completely unheard of. And, uh, you know, all the spotters are on the radio saying, hey, rain's coming, rain's coming, rain's coming. Cars go through the tri-oval. A couple guys say, hey, I think it's raining. If they go into turn one and two, boom, half the field gets wiped out. Um, well, I mean, as a driver, Connor, are you just, I mean, most of them were fuming, but like, is there anything they could have done differently in your opinion? I mean, trying to even maybe throw the caution before that. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, that, that is a big, that that is, that was not good. Like when I saw that, I was like, Oh, Oh no. Like that's, that's the ultimate nightmare because, you know, we, we had a very similar situation in gateway, like our, our last, our last race. I mean, we, we saw the rain clouds coming. You see everything, you see everything happening. Um, but it's and, and and sometimes you know race control gets gets criticized for like throwing the yellow to really like oh well now that you threw the yellow now it's gonna rain but it, it, people I, I think often I, I think that was actually a great example of why we don't race on ovals in the rain and and how quickly that change of grip can happen because again you see all day those guys pounding around the oval, you know, doing a bunch of miles an hour, 200 miles an hour. Um, and you think, oh, well, you know, that's easy or it's it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like it's a lot. But like those cars are still on the limit of control. You know what I mean? And you see the rain just just a little sprinkle. Right. But but when you decrease the track grip and you and you make it a slightly slipperier surface at 200 miles an hour with a with a bunch of cars all together, that's exactly what happens. You just go straight in the wall because that's it, it, it's you, you can't lose the grip on the surface. And I, I think it just goes to show how close um, how close everyone is to the to the limit. And like at Gateway, you know, as soon as there was a, a raindrop, boom, yellow. And, and it just it has to be that way. And people have to have their head on a swivel because, again, you cannot send open-wheel race cars or closed-wheel race cars on an oval at high speeds into a rainy corner. It's just it's just literally – because, again, there's no runoff, so you just go straight in the wall. And and it was just – and that was a big accident, too. Like, that was – there was no soft impacts there. Like, no, the wall still feels the same. If it's a little slippery or not, it, it still hurts. So that that was a real shame to see. Um, and it obviously took a lot of guys out of contention that, that, because you put in the work all day, you put in the work all day to try to be there for the win. Um, and we see that in NASCAR all the time, obviously with, with some tough, you know, heartbreaking finishes for guys that, you know, just get wiped up in someone else's accident. But realistically, that was no one's accident. That was the weather that, that, that like NASCAR, I, I do believe has to, has to take responsibility on that one and be like, Yikes, we should have, you know, we should have been a little bit more proactive. Right. And again, every decision is going to have its consequences, right? Even if you're proactive and it doesn't rain, you know, there are people who are like, well, why did it happen? Well, it's like it's it's for reasons like that. You don't want get you don't want guys getting hurt. And 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 the first way to get someone hurt is just, just fire them off into the wall with, with in a rainy, you know, rainy situation at 200 miles an hour. So tough call for everyone for sure. 
Um, but again, those guys are racing until it goes yellow because if, if let's, you know, if it does go yellow and it, the race gets called, you know, the, the leader is the winner at that time. So no one's going to lift until you throw a yellow. And, and that's, you know, we, we saw the result of that for sure. Yeah. And with everything on the line too, with it being the cutoff race, they were kind of monitoring the Blaney and Truex battle for that last spot. And then. Eventually, if there's a new winner that came in, which eventually did happen with Austin Dillon, he got through the wreck and made it through. I mean, they had to get that race back going. I mean, there were, I think it was a two or three hour red flag or something like that. Like, I think they knew they're like, okay, we have to get this going because we can't end the playoffs like this and how it just happened. So I think they, I think they did admit it at some point with their like, hey, we'll sacrifice, you know, X amount of time to get this race finished. And then it kind of had that wonky finish with five cars running or whatever, but (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's let's uh, that finish. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, I saw Tyler Reddick crash like three times. I thought, and he's still running yeah. second. Like it was, yeah, yeah. it was it crazy to see. Good. Yeah, and again, I a lot of those guys, you know, that finished in the top ten. Let's say the uh, you know the Landon Castles, the um, the David Reagans, the the BJ McLeods, like those guys, right? Th- that's what they're racing there for. You know what I mean? Right. Like those situations. Cause again, it, it could easily get to a scenario where 25, 30 cars are involved in accidents, 40 cars. I mean, there's not even 40 cars in the race, but like there could be almost 30, 30 cars out of a 38 car field that are, that are in an accident. Right. And if you happen to keep your nose clean all day, the race still pays the same for the top 10. You know what I mean? Like right. it, just because all those guys crash doesn't mean that those there's less prize money to be made. And, and that's a big day for those teams, for, for, for those cars, a uh, huge day for people who gambled on NASCAR as well. Apparently, I was just going like to say, yeah, the, the, the craziest four, thing like, I've ever seen that that one guy did. I think he won. I saw somebody won just under a million, a million dollars, I think. And then somebody got like, 70 grand like 70 grand that's what yeah. it was yeah so that's just you know I mean, what you gotta take that's chances the thing, right because Why again not? if you yeah exactly the the odds were so crazy for all those guys finishing the top 10 right you're you're talking guys who are in you know let's just flat out slower cars right the cars that are never going to be up there for the win but at daytona you keep your keep your nose clean keep the keep four wheels underneath you you have all those guys finishing the top 10 you could literally again these bets that people were making were ten dollars or like thirteen dollars. Yeah, like, yeah. You could do that, you know, every weekend for three years and you still you're like, yeah, it's fine. It's just ten bucks. But my gosh, to win a million dollars, that yeah, guy like unreal. I, I bet I bet the NASCAR betting scene is astounding for the next, like the next, certainly the next super speedway race. Oh, for sure. But for all the rest of the races, I mean, you got you got it, you're gonna have people picking the wildest lineups of all time just thinking hey because the odds are insane right it's it's never gonna happen like that it might not happen like that for another 15 years for those guys all finishing the top 10 i mean 1350 that's just a chick-fil-a or a large fry and a milkshake like i can i can wait on a couple of those to do that so but hey uh our friend of the program Noah gregson gets a top five in uh (laughs) his uh his race so i think that was a career best for him so yeah i mean and and to get to xfinity as well xfinity was kind of the same situation right like it's crazy rain that poor daytona having to deal with all that rain honestly that was yeah that's really brutal every year man (laughs) oh it's just it's sad to see and as um having a having a president of a racetrack in my my family doug bowles 
I know how hard it is on the, on the track employees on the people trying to put on the event. Everyone wants to get it going. Like everyone does. Um, but our boy Sage Karam finishing in the top five. Yep. Uh, awesome to see as well. And again, everyone was wrecked in that race too. You know what I mean? Every single person was wrecked, but you had, you know, you had guys like boom, JJ Yaley, Timmy Hill, yep. like Timmy Hill pushing Jeremy Clarence, Jeremy Clemens for the win. Like, Hey, yep. it's great to see. Uh, and then, but I bet what Timmy's saying now, he's like, well, Jeremy got DQ'd. You know what I mean? Where's so my, where's my win? win? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which so, that whole thing, I don't really understand, but you know, that's one other can of worms. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, there, there, there was so much that happened over the weekend. NASCAR just like, I mean, Jeremy Clemens winning is first of all, a surprise. You're like, oh my gosh, I was so happy. Everyone was crying, family members and stuff like that. And then he gets DQ'd and you're like, oh. What? Like, <laughs> hurts. hurts. Now I feel less good. <laughs> Out of the playoffs but, doesn't win. I'm like, man. Yeah. And, and and again, like to see Sage, like actually, I, I would love to point out something small that I don't know if everyone really caught this, but there was an and again, you'd have to go back and look at this, but there I don't think it was the last accident, but there was an accident coming onto the 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 front straight in the trioval. Um mm. and Sage. I, I looked at Sage. Sage was involved. Like he he spun around, but like he had to dodge a few different cars at very high speed. And it honestly, it, it was one of the most impressive things that I've seen out of Sage. Because again, a lot of the times when when those stock car accidents happen, you see people just get to the brakes, just try to slow down. And sometimes you think, well, why didn't they like turn to avoid that other car? Because again, you never know. Sometimes the best idea is literally just when when stuff is ha- when the whole world is collapsing in front of you, you just go straight. You know what I mean? Or you just go and 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 not necessarily like hit the throttle, but like literally just tr- be like, okay, I'm gonna make as few movements as possible because everything else is changing around me. But Sage went for I'm gonna dodge everything, and it was actually like you'd have to go through and look at the slow mo because he still ended up like getting hit and spun a little bit. Obviously the car was still in decent shape at the end of the race. The nose was a little bit up, but he dodged like four different cars at high speed and missed. And it was, it was one of the most impressive things that I've seen. And again, it it kept his car in contention. Cause if you just kind of plow through the grass and maybe hit a bunch of people, uh, you're still there, but maybe not as fast as you could have been. And, and, um, and yeah, that Xfinity race was, that was a crazy one to watch at the end. And again, Thought Almaninger was going to get it um, after he was involved in accidents as well again. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, it just just a crazy weekend math. But as is Daytona, you know, Daytona right. is just a wild one all across the board. Yeah. So crazy, um, super crazy weekend of motorsport. Right. Uh, always kind of a little bit of a crapshoot. But uh, they're going to Darlington this weekend. Cup Series is first around the playoffs, I think. Southern 500 for them. I want to say Xfinity is running too. I believe um, they are. Yes, I, believe I just they saw are. some some car liveries being. Uh, looks like there's some interesting throwback liveries being um, being run. I see the the 44 car and the 45 car in Xfinity having some very very beautiful schemes. Oh, uh, the Alpha Prime cars. Um, yeah, those look great. But yeah, I, I I I'm excited for you know to see the playoffs begin to see the you know the the heat get turned up a little bit on everyone. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of gonna cut this episode a little bit shorter than normal because Joey's obviously not here. We 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 don't have a race to talk about IndyCar wise, but um, we 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 wanted to make sure that we had a show, and, and Ben and I got on here, and and we wanted to make sure that people knew that guess what? 
Yes, IndyCar is racing this weekend. We got Portland. Um, and and we're excited for it. You know, we're gonna have another show next week as well, and between before the uh season finale. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting couple weeks. And you know, I had it we had a great weekend off. Uh, I went to my uncle's wedding, uh, family wedding, very exciting time. Uh Joey had a kid. I mean, a lot happened in between you our, the mullet. our last episode. Yeah, the mullet is gone. Uh, I guess gone. we should discuss that a little bit. Um a lot of people, I've got a lot of negative responses, uh, but also a lot of positive responses. I think that it was very interesting to tell the story of the mullet. I cut it in secret and I did not tell anyone. I got it cut like I actually got it cut literally after we recorded the episode uh, last week. And it, it, it was just time. I, I, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? Let's just it's time to try another thing. And. For the scientific research side, right, uh, right, I actually wanted to see if it helped cool me down in the car a little bit because I've been struggling so much with the heat in the race car. Uh, you know, maybe if I take a layer off my head, uh, it'll it'll help out a little bit. So we we changed up the hair. Uh, I surprised my my girlfriend with it as well. She did not. She was like, "Whoa, your hair's gone." I said, "Has she yep. seen you without the mullet?" No, she has not. Oh, uh, she has really only known. Well, she she met me when I didn't have a mullet, but. Mm -hmm. That was years ago now. So, so recently it was, uh, it was a new thing. My mother looked at me like she was so proud because my mother was not a fan of the mullet. My mother was <laughs> not, not a fan at all. Um, and you know, I immediately put a suit on. I look like I, I just, I look like someone said that I look like I was about to go sell insurance. Uh, I can which, see it. I can <laughs> you see know it. what? You got a clean cut, ready to sell you the best deal you've ever got. Um, no money down, but yes, it, it was, it was time for the mullet to go. And uh, everyone seems happy. I feel better. I feel I feel good. I feel like I'm ready to start a new chapter again. Um, but also, yeah, also just hilarious to see how people react to it. I think that was, you know, one of the funniest, one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, I thought Twitter was about to blow up when everything. And uh, we talked about that in our little vlog uh, before the the download. Um, I don't know. It, it'll come back. It always comes back. All good things coming to an end, but it'll be back. Exactly. The thing is, is hair grows back for, for most yep. people. You know what I mean? Some people struggle with hair growth, obviously. But for me right now, we're going to try this out. And maybe if it gets cold in the winter again, we go back to the, you know, the warm, the warm haircut with uh, a lot of coverage in the back. So I'm, I'm going to be going back to, you know, putting putting sunscreen on my uh, on my neck. Now we're going to be a redneck again, like literally. Um but yeah, a lot happened in the last week, but we're we're definitely ready to get back to normal racing. Yeah, love it. Well, uh, you want to wrap it up with our Ricky Treadway Indy 500 Driver of the Week? Yes, yes, we will get into the random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Um, I went slightly more recent this year. We went with the 19, 1982 uh, Indy 500. So this is the year before my dad, uh, my dad got to race the Indy 500. Uh, Gordon Johncock won this one. Gordon Johncock, legendary driver, obviously. What's interesting about this is I typed in 1982 Indy 500, but it says USAC Gold Crown Series race number six of six, Sunday, May 30th, 1982, but it says the 1981 Indianapolis 500. So if there's for some reason a problem on the internet, and this is actually the 1981 Indy 500, I don't care. Sometimes the internet is confusing. 
everything, it says 1982, May 30th, but it also says the 1981 standings. So either way, we're going to learn something new. Um, we're going to go with the 17th place finisher, Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd heard this name before. Michael, Michael Otis Chandler, um, raced in the 1980-1984 seasons, nine career starts, only nine, um, a near head-on crash in practice for the 1984 race left him in a coma for several days oh. and prematurely ended his career. So that's that's not great. But again, in that era, my gosh, people were crashing hard left and right. So yeah, finished in the top 10 twice, best finisher fourth in uh, 1981 at Riverside. So uh, learned a little bit about, um, yeah, Michael Chandler. And that's our uh, random Indy 500 driver of the week. So Ben, uh, we appreciate you. Appreciate you being on here. Uh, appreciate those folks listening. Uh, do send Joey Molinaro some congratulatory tweets, some congratulatory messages on uh, the birth of his child. He is on uh, maternity week. Uh, he, he is. He is full um, dad mode. Full He's dad mode. Probably, you know, changing diapers and making sure the wife is happy. I assume, you know, that's what happens. The wife's out here doing a lot of work. I assume that that's a hard process to uh, birth a child uh, and all credit to the ladies out there, birthing children and respect the heck out of you guys. Um, and yeah, we're excited for next week. Again, potentially a great guest, very, very high profile guest next week, potentially. So uh, we'll hopefully convince him to, uh, to do that with us. So thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us on all the social media channels. Uh, tune into the race this weekend, NBC uh, at, at, Portland, it's ah, sometime in the afternoon. Who knows? Uh, two o'clock, three o'clock. We'll see what happens. But uh, it's it's going to be a great weekend in motorsports. So uh, we'll talk to everyone uh, next week on Speed Street. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.